Welcome to Frank Wealth Insights, a financial and investment podcast from Return on Life Wealth Partners. They look at your money. We look at your life at returnonlifewealth.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of the Frank Wealth Insights podcast. I'm your host, Frank Fantosi. On today's episode, I will discuss the five D's for business owners, or as I like to call them, the roadblocks in your business continuity planning, death, disability, divorce, disagreement, and distress. So if I went to you as a married couple with children and asked you if you had a will and you said no, have you done good planning uh, for your family? Most people would tell you if you were married and have children, you should have a will just to ensure that the wishes that you have when you are no longer here are followed. So why not follow that same advice and look at what business owners has to think about, considering that there are many people that are involved. You have your stakeholders, which are key business people in your business. You could have partners. Obviously, if you're married, you have a spouse, children, and then you have your employees that help you get to where you are today. And clearly, no one likes to focus on negative things like death, disability, divorce, disagreement, and distress. But the fact is, they are realities in our world. So why should business owners look at this very seriously? Well, for most successful business owners, their business represents probably their single largest investment asset. And if you're just starting a business, you know the plan is to make it be that. In other words, be successful, have a business that at one point you'll have a liquidating event. But until you reach that destination, these are things that are realistic possibilities that can throw your business off track. We feel that as consultants to our business owner clients, that these are things that we need to discuss and, and plan for. So let's lay the foundation with an example here. Let's assume that you have a partner, you're married, have a few children. They're not really involved in the business. And you're chugging along very merrily and the business is going well. And, you know, we, we meet and we discuss, you know, what would happen in any of these events? What happens, God forbid, that you pass away unexpectedly, or as we like to joke with our clients, expire before you think you should expire? Um, what would that do to the business? You know, who would be infected? Same thing with a disability. And now I'm not talking about the disability where, you know, you, know, you break your leg, you're, you're out of commission for 30, 60 days. I'm talking about a disability that might sideline you for a year, year and a half. What happens to the business? Who's impacted? You know, what's your role in the business? Who's going to fill that role? Um, clearly, in a divorce, um, typically your business is considered an asset. And if you don't have plans in place, I don't think your partner is going to really want to be partners with your wife. So, you know, if you, if you go to most states and, and, you know, half the assets are split, let's say, you know, is your half of the business going to be split so she gets a quarter interest in your business? Is that what, what you really want to have happen? What happens if there's a disagreement with your partner? Or not even a disagreement. Maybe you're all originally planning to work till you're 65, and then at age 55, you've had enough. You know, you've made enough money, you want to get out, but your partner wants to stay on. That's not necessarily a disagreement, but you're still going to be, you know, going in your own direction. And then let's just talk about the stress. I mean, heck, in the la- almost in the last decade, we had the Great Recession in 2008, and then in 2020, we had COVID. So a lot of businesses were impacted severely in e- each of those situations. So 
These are things that really impact, you know, the viability of the business. Because if you're an owner, you're usually pretty much a key player in the business, not only financially, but I'm sure there are skill sets uh, that you brought to the table when you when you started the business. So, you know, the first thing we 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 lay down, you know, uh, as an example for our, our business owner clients is what they call a buy sell agreement. Okay, it's an agreement where if any of these situations happen, you've already made a decision with your partner that in the case of death, in the case of disability, in the case of divorce or a disagreement or distress, how will the chips fall, right? So in other words, you're planning ahead and letting everyone know, all the stakeholders, uh, family members, this is what is going to happen. So it's all worked out in the agreement. And there you need to work with legal counsel to help draft that because it is a, a legal binding agreement. And that's and there's some key components in the agreement, okay? First of all, um, you need to decide on how a value is established for the business. Because as I said, you know, we, we made the assumption that you have a partner. And if you pass away, you want your half to go to your family. So you need to establish a fair market value. And the IRS does require uh, that a, a, an established fair market value be set. So usually you need to work with an appraisal company to set up a formula that works. Now, you could set the formula up to be in the agreement, and then as the financial numbers change for the firm, you can plug that in, or you can put in language that just basically says at any of these events, we will go out and get an appraisal, or go out and get three appraisals and average the three appraisals, and that'll be the number that's used. So one of the key components to a buy-sell agreement is really establishing fair market value. So in any of these events, these, these numbers are predetermined so that there's no arguing. So that's the key thing. You know, everyone assumes that down the road, if any of these events happen, everyone's going to be nicey-nicey and talk about it and come to an agreement. And the reality is everyone has a different perception of what they think the value of the company is. So doing this while everyone is in agreement before any of these event, events happen is usually the best way to, way to do this. So you know, let's talk more deeply about where the money comes from in any of these events. So if there is death, okay, all right, that's a fixed action. There's no, no, obviously there's no resurrection. You're not planning on coming back. You want your half to go to your family. So either the company can pay that money out of the value of the company, either through earnings, cash flow, or you could use insurance. And I will say most companies will use some form of insurance because if the value is pretty high, um, you're going to put the company maybe in a cash flow uh, distress, uh, distress position. So using insurance, um, and normally term insurance is sufficient uh, to help in this area. In disability, they actually have disability buyout insurance. This is different than dis uh, disability income replacement insurance, where if you're, if you're working and you can't work anymore, um, there's a percentage of your income that you will be paid to, um, to, to get you over the rough times until you come back to work. Disability buyout insurance is very, very different. Uh, basically, it, it will look to establish a fair market value based on the, on the buy-sell agreement. And if you cannot return to work after a certain period of time, which is usually stated in the uh, agreement, then you will automatically be bought out. So typically, if you can't come back after a year, year and a half, two years, even three years, um, 
that part of the, the uh, agreement will be invoked and uh, you will be bought out. So clearly, if you are not in the business after a year or two or three years, you can see the reason why they would, you know, the business needs to move on. Because if you're not in the business, you're not contributing, the business doesn't have to figure out how to move on you know, without you. Uh, divorce, uh, going through that position, again, most partners don't want to be partners with their, uh, you know, their partner's ex-wife. So clearly that value of that business has a value. And usually what the buy-sell agreement will state is it will protect the business from, one, uh, the uh, ex-spouse becoming a partner. And two, usually there will be provisions if needed to create liquidity so that, uh, that, that if that asset needs to be used uh, you know, to satisfy the asset split in the divorce, then money will become available. Usually, hopefully, the, the planning is, you know, other assets can be used as substitute. But remember, you know, your business is illiquid. And depending how much other assets are available to the spouse going through the divorce, that could be a problem. So there, there needs to be provisions to create some level of liquidity to allow uh, the payoff of the ex-spouse when, you know, when settling the divorce. Um, you know, we talked about disagreement. And, you know, disagreement comes in a few ways. I mean, disagreement can be exactly what it means. You don't get along anymore. You want to get out. You both want to get out. So how are you going to settle this? Well, if you're already in a disagreement, you're going to be thankful you have a buy-sell agreement because you did that while you're both in agreement. And you'll have provisions in place for, again, how, how to basically split the baby. Do you sell the business and split the proceeds? Do you allow each other to buy each other out? Um, all those things will be discussed and handled in the buy-sell agreement. So you can see why, again, the buy-sell agreement is similar. You know, when you talked about an individual and their family when we started about having a will, the buy-sell agreement really kind of fills that, that void. It provides instructions to the people uh, around to make sure that uh, these, these items are handled correctly. And distress is the, is the last area. And, you know, if the stress is bad enough where, again, the, the business has to be sold, these are things that are provided for and how, how things will be handled. Again, because everyone's impacted. I mean, if your business is providing, you first of all, income through a salary, it's also an asset on your balance sheet. Your, your families, each of your families are dependent on what happens to that business. And so are your key stakeholders, you know, your C-suite people, uh, your, your key employees that are helping helping you be successful. And then really, it's also the rank and file. They're stakeholders too. I mean, they come to work every day and they're depending on that paycheck. So you can see the significance of why it's very, very important for business owners to lay the foundation of, of, of how to handle these issues if they arise. I mean, hopefully when you started your business, you know, everyone can work to a ripe old age of retirement. The business has done well. You get off and sell the business. Everyone comes home with their pots of gold and goes on and enjoys retirement in, in, you know, in a merry way. But the reality is this. You know, death is a reality. Disability is a reality. Divorce is a reality. Having a disagreement over time is a reality. And clearly, you know, our economy goes through financial distresses from time to time. So you know, if you want to bet against the house, that's up to you. But you know, our feeling as planners and advisors, our business owner clients, it's really critical that a buy-sell agreement is in place and that the terms of that buy-sell agreement really represent what the owners want. So not every buy-sell agreement is identical. 
They should be identical only in the fact that they talk about death, disability, divorce, disagreement, and distress. But how you and your partners decide to deal with it is really unique to your situation. And that's where you work with your financial advisor, your CPA, your attorney, and you craft something that is strictly on point. And, and clearly, you know, what needs to be thought of, too, is that as times change, you need to revisit this. What happens if you add partners? What happens if the business really grows bigger than you think? What happens if children start to get involved in the business? So this is something that, just like your will, right? You know, your attorney will tell you, you know, every five to seven years, you might want to, you know, or if there's a life event, you want to revisit um, your will. The same thing happens here with, a, uh, with your buy-sell agreement and looking at the five Ds. You know, if there are life events in the business, big changes that happen in the business, or just the passage of time, you know, maybe every three to five years, you should sit down with your attorney and your CPA and your financial advisor and walk through this to see, okay, does, you know, does a suit still fit? You know, we think about our bodies as we, you know, we go from our 20s to our 60s, our clothes have to adjust around us. It's the same thing here. You know, your business is going to evolve. How you value and look at things is going to evolve. So it's going to be very critical that you sit down and, and revisit this. And, and a few other, you know, caveats I would add uh, to part of this is, again, let, let's look at the positive side of things. Here, you know, we're, we're planning for unfortunate things to happen. But continuity planning also involves other aspects because at some point, unless you're planning on dying with your boots on behind the desk, your goal is to, to look at passing on this business somehow, whether you plan to sell it, whether you have children that are going to come through the business. Uh, whether you have key stakeholders going to come in and buy you out. So things that you need to start thinking about and topics that we can discuss at a future podcast are really how do you do talent development? How do you deal with family dynamics uh, within the business? How do you revisit the insurance planning that could be used in funding the, the buy-sell agreement? And, and, and what's really important is communicating. I mean, you have to make sure the families, the stakeholders, your partners are all aware and involved in how this, this all works. And, and to tell you how critical this is, tell you how critical it is, if your business is growing and you have to get bonding or insurance coverage from uh, the insurance carriers or you need to go get a loan from a bank, one of the things they're going to ask you is, do you have a buy-sell agreement in place? Because I guarantee you the insurance company doesn't want to get involved with your business or take it over. The bank does not want to get involved in taking over your, your business if they have to put a lien on and then you know, uh, you know, collect against the business. They, have, they want nothing to do with that. So they want to make sure that if they're lending or insuring, that they want to make sure that your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. So a buy-sell agreement is going to be one of the things they're going to look for. That, that's kind of like a staple of, hey, you know, these business owners know what they're doing. They're planning for everything. And the last thing is really, you know, mentorship and training. Again, if you're trying to develop talent inside to eventually take over the business, those things take time. You know, future owners just don't happen unless you sell the business, right? But if you're trying to do internal succession planning with family, with, you know, key stakeholders and your talent, you know, it took you 20, 30, 40 years as an owner to become as knowledgeable as you are, to have all that wisdom. That wisdom, that knowledge has to be passed on. So you need to figure out if, if you're doing an internal succession planning, 
you know, what is the mentorship and training? How are you going to do talent development so that when you're willing to step away and, and you sell the business to these, these key stakeholders, that you know you're leaving the business in good hands? Because most likely, if you're doing an internal transition, part of the, um, you know, part of the uh, payment or funding is going to come from the company. And if they drive the company into the ground, you could be putting yourself at risk. So these are topics for future podcasts, but I, I felt it's very important to make sure that you all are aware of other issues that surround, you know, these key five D's of death, disability, divorce, disagreement, and distress. So really the key takeaway is if you don't have a buy-sell agreement, talk to your financial advisor and your attorney and make sure that you start to lay the groundwork for it. And if you have one and you haven't looked at it in a while, it might be very, very important for you to sit down and review it to make sure that all the provisions that we discussed here today can be handled appropriately. So with that, I want to thank all our listeners who took the time to join us today. If you found this information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe, uh, like it, share it to other individuals, and that way you can be part of our future podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how Return on Life Wealth Partners can help you pursue what's most important to you in life, please give us a call at 440-740-0130 or visit us online at returnonlifewealth.com. Thank you. This has been Frank Wealth Insights, the financial and investment podcast from Return on Life Wealth Partners. Your life, your money, your way. Experience financial planning the way it should be, not the way they want it. See how at returnonlifewealth.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. This communication expresses the views and opinions of the participants as of the date it was recorded or indicated, and such views are subject to change without notice. This podcast is being made available for educational purposes only and should not be confused for any other purpose. The information contained herein does not constitute and should not be construed as an offering of advisory services or an offer to sell or solicitation to buy any securities or related financial instruments instruments in any jurisdiction. This podcast may discuss forward-looking statements that are based on then-current beliefs of the participants. Investment advice offered through Planned Financial Services, a registered investment advisor.